Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. Going to be starting off with movie news like I usually do. Only three pieces of movie news, but I have quite a bit to say about all of them. Uh, after that, I will be reviewing episode four of Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. Then the new DreamWorks animation film, The Bad Guys, based on the book of the same name. And then The Northmen, which, as of recording this intro, I haven't watched either movies. The Bad Guys, I think I will enjoy. I've heard good things about it. But in terms of The Northmen, I've heard mixed things, and I typically don't like medieval kind of like knight-slash-viking movies. Really didn't care for The Green Knight, and also couldn't really get into The Last Duel. But we'll see how I like The Northmen. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have in terms of like movie news and reviews today. But before I get into anything, I would like to thank today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. First piece of news here comes from The Direct, and their headline is Marvel reportedly cast major superhero in MCU Halloween special. They go on to say here the MCU recent has recently begun to put an increasing push on the supernatural side of Marvel. Moon Knight first opened the doors to this new branch that will soon be further explored in Blade and Werewolf by Night Halloween special on uh, Disney+. Plus. The latter of which, despite currently filming, has uh, yet to receive an official announcement. The Halloween holiday special may be the worst kept secret in the MCU at the moment, as reputable outlets have uh, have revealed casting, filming details, and a 2022 release date. Still, Marvel Studios has yet to properly announce the project. Um... Werewolf by Night will star Latino actor, I'm probably going to say this wrong, forgive me, uh, Gial Garcia Bernal, probably saying that wrong, in the titular role, which is reported, uh, reportedly the original Jack Russell iteration, there we go, that's that word, <laughs> of the character. Russell's werewolf begins, uh, Russell's were werewolf origins stem from a curse that originated from the Darkhold, a magical book that will be integral to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and also was in WandaVision. Uh, Bernal, who will be the MCU's second Latino star after Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight, will be joined by act uh, actress Laura Donnelly, 
who was previously reported to be playing Nina Price, better known as Vampire by Night. But a new report indicates Donnelly will instead play a far more important Marvel hero in the MCU. And they go on to say here, Laura Donnelly cast as a real Marvel legend. According to the Cosmic Circus, the Nevers actress Laura Donnelly will play monster hunter Elsa Bloodstone in Marvel Studios' Werewolf by Night special on Disney+. Deadline previously uh, broke the news of Donnelly's casting, but speculated at the time that she would be playing Nina Price, and like I said, better known as Vampire by Night. But uh, I don't really know who Elsa Bloodstone is, so uh, let's let's figure out who that is here. Uh, daughter of Ulysses Bloodstone, Elsa, like her father, is a monster hunter in the Marvel Universe who is often compared to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Her powers include superhuman strength, speed, durability, endurance, healing, and immunity to vampire bites. Bloodstone marks the latest in a long line of supernatural Marvel heroes who have joined the MCU recently. Elsa has often served as a member of the Midnight Suns, a supernatural team that Marvel Studios appears to be preparing to introduce in the near future with characters like Blade and Moon Knight being over, uh, being other common members. So yeah, uh, I don't really know these characters, but I'm still excited for a MCU Halloween special being a little more on the supernatural side. I think that sounds interesting and there's plenty of opportunity to bring in other characters into the show if they wanted to. Or if they didn't want to and just keep it separate, I can understand that too. But I'm excited for it. We'll see what what happens with it, what it entails, and if it's good or not. I have a feeling it will be, but uh, it might not be for everybody. We'll see. But let's get on to the second piece of news. And it looks like there's some Sony release dates that got pushed back. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse heads to summer 2023. Sony dates Madam Web, Equalizer 3, among other release changes. And this comes from Deadline. They go on to say here, Sony's animated sequel to the Oscar-winning movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, is moving from October 7th of this year to June 2nd of 2023. News is breaking just before the studio's presentation at CinemaCon next week. Meanwhile, the Pix sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, is dated for March 29th of 2024. Uh, they go on to say here, as a result of the movie, Sony is moving up their animated feature Lyle Lyle Crocodile from Josh Gordon and Will Speck from November uh, 18th to October 7th. In addition, Sony has dated their Spider-Man spinoff Madam Web from filmmaker S.J. Clarkson for July 7th of 2023. Pick starring Sydney Sweeney from uh, from Euphoria, I believe. Still haven't watched that show. And Dakota Johnson. There's also the Denzel, Denzel Washington and director Antoine Fuqua. Hopefully, Fuqua, hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, the Equal, Equalizer 3 is set to come out on September 1st of 2023. Then the studio's Korean war movie, Devotion, from director J.D. Dillard. And starring Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. Oh, Jonathan Majors. Okay. Uh, set to roll out on October 4th with limited runs. Expanding on October 21st and going wide on October 28th. Might have to check one, that one out if Jonathan Majors is in it. Uh, I don't think I know who Gwen, uh, Glenn Powell is, to be honest, though. 
But yeah, the big thing here is that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse did get pushed to next year. And then, uh, you know, the part two of that got pushed to 2024. A little disappointing there, but it gives them more time to work on the animation. I think that's the big reason why it got pushed back is to to work on the animation more, have more time to work on it, and and perfect it. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. I'm a little disappointed that it's not going to come out this year anymore, but... I understand, and as long as it's nothing bad, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. But uh, what do you think of this news that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 got pushed to next year and Part 2 got pushed to 2024? Are you disappointed, or do you understand the the idea of doing that so they have more time to work on it? Let me know in the comments below, but on to the next piece of news. All right, the Ezra Miller arrest situation and the... Uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard court case situation. Uh, these are the last two things I will talk about for the movie news section. Uh, this is not movie news, but it's like pop culture news, I guess. I'm going to start with the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp stuff because I don't have as much to say and I haven't been following it as closely. I haven't really been following the Ezra Miller stuff that closely either, but a little more than the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff. Um... But if you do want somebody who has been covering the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp stuff a little bit more than I have and has a little more information, go check out Double Toasted and The Real Rejects. I think The Real Rejects recently made a video about it, but I could be wrong. But I definitely know that uh, Double Toasted recently made a video about the court case. But there's plenty of videos on YouTube about the court case. And uh, this is my non-biased opinion because I am not in love with either actor Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. I mean, I like Johnny Depp. I like his movies for the most part, but he's not one of my favorite actors. Um, and Amber Heard, I've only seen like maybe two movies that she's been in, but, um, <clears throat> I don't think that either of them are more of a victim than the other. Um, Amber Heard, uh, a lot of people want to vilify Amber Heard and make her the main aggressor here and, victimize Johnny Depp, but I just don't think that's fair. Uh, I have talked about this before, but I think that was a few years ago before this was even in the court. But um, I think there, there, there was chaos on both sides, and um, it was just a really toxic relationship. But it does make me think, like, just because somebody makes you crazy doesn't make you violent, you know? I think that's something that builds over time, not just over the relationship, but in your life. Um, so I, it makes me wonder, like, him being with Amber Heard and Amber Heard being with him, is that what triggered their violent outbursts, or has this happened before? Could this happen in the future with somebody else? Because oftentimes, like, yeah, a certain person can trigger you and set you over the edge, but, um... Also, it just makes me wonder, like, has that always kind of been there? And just because one person kind of triggers a violent outburst doesn't mean another person can't. Um, so, it, it, am I making sense here? I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I, I just think, like I said, it was a toxic relationship. There was chaos and wrongdoing on both sides. I've seen a lot of audio, video, uh pictures of you know 
Johnny Depp being aggressive towards Amber Heard, Amber Heard being aggressive towards Johnny Depp. I've heard her testimonials and stuff like that back before this was in the court um, when she was not really an interrogation, but like her being questioned, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think of the situation? Try not to fight with each other down in the comments below over this. But um, I think a lot of people, for the most part, agree with me just that it was a toxic relationship. And um, I, I don't know fully if everybody agrees with me on the fact that, you know, Amber Heard wasn't the main aggressor. But I don't think Johnny Depp was the main aggressor either. I think it was it was very equal. I don't know if everybody agrees with me on that. But like I said, I haven't been following it that closely to know, like, you know, if any, if Amber Heard or Johnny Depp, if either of them were more aggressive towards the other and vice versa, if that makes sense. Um, feel free to give me some knowledge down below if you know a little bit more than I do. But just based off of the things I've heard, and I feel like I've heard enough to know, like I've heard enough, you know, a few years before this even not a few years, but like a couple years before this was even like a court case and a big deal like it is now in the news. Um, I knew it back then and I know it now that the amount of pain and anguish and just the amount of uh, violence, I feel like it was really equal in that situation. So I could be wrong. I don't know them personally. I don't know the entire situation, but just based off of everything I've seen and heard, that's my opinion on it. So that's really all I have to say about it. I don't have anything to contribute in terms of like, oh, I, this is who I think is going to win the court case. Like, I really don't know because, you know, I'm, neither of them are innocent in this uh, in this case. But we shall see. Time will tell. Um, really don't know what, what will come out of this. But one thing is for sure. Their careers are not going to be the same afterwards, so. But one person whose career is definitely not going to be the same anymore is Ezra Miller. If you didn't hear, Ezra Miller got arrested again. And if you didn't hear the first time, yeah, he got arrested before. Like, probably only a week or two ago. Uh, and now he got arrested again for assault. And this is the third time this has publicly happened. Not the arrest, but him assaulting strangers, essentially. Um, and a lot of them have been women, from what it sounds like. So, um, also, I gotta try to, even though he, they seem like a piece of shit, I gotta try to uh, respect their pronouns, they, them. Um, I'll try to be good about it, but honestly, I, I'm not very good about it. I try to talk fast and get through things, and so I'll probably slip up more than once, but, um, yeah, Ezra Miller, I don't even remember when this was, probably a few years ago or something like that, there's a video that came out where Ezra Miller, um, like, strangled a woman and took her to the ground, like, brought her down to the ground, like, shoved her down to the ground pretty much, and people didn't know if it was real or not because it kind of seemed like a joke in a way because she started off by laughing but nothing ever came out of that. It really got swept under the rug. And honestly, that's kind of what Warner Brothers wanted. But um, yeah, like she never, the victim never came out publicly and said anything against Ezra Miller. So nothing came of it. But now a few years later, 
he gets arrested in Hawaii for misorderly conduct or something like that. And uh, I don't I don't think it was fully assault, but I don't remember. Um, it was close to being assault, that's for sure. But this second time was second degree assault from what I heard. I don't know the full situation, but um, definitely some things were said that uh, that don't make me want to see him as a superhero anymore. If you didn't know, Ezra Miller is going to be playing the Flash in the Flash movie. Well, he already did play the Flash in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Justice League, the Joss Whedon, mostly Joss Whedon version, had a cameo in Batman v Superman. And um, I think that might be it. Uh, also a cameo in the first Suicide Squad movie. Forgot about that with uh, Captain Boomerang. But um, the first time I ever watched Ezra Miller in anything was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I didn't mind them in that movie. But um, yeah, I really didn't care for Ezra Miller in like the Fantastic Beasts movies or anything like that. Really did not. But um, as The Flash, I thought... They were okay. Um, I really started off not liking them in the original cut of uh, Justice League, but in Zack Snyder's Justice League, with that scene where Barry goes back in time, spoiler alert for Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it's been out for like a year or so, so deal with it. But uh, that was a great scene, and it got nominated, well, not nominated, but it won uh, fan favorite moment at the Oscars, which is a really weird category. And also Army of the Dead won fan favorite movie of the year, which really? That movie? Really? Over Spider-Man No Way Home? That seemed a little rigged to me, I'm not going to lie. And that's a stupid fucking category anyway. But um, yeah, Ezra Miller's The Flash, I don't mind. But now with this Flash movie coming out next year, I'm pretty sure next year, um, it just makes me wonder what they're going to do. Because... I mean, they could push it back again and completely, almost completely reshoot the movie with a different actor. Uh, or the more likely option is by the end of the movie, they just recast the character, but essentially say it's just the same person, but a different, different looking person. Um, personally, I'd like to see Ansel Elgort as the Flash, but there's plenty of other people that could play the Flash too. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Flash on the big screen. I've been waiting for a long time to see the flash on the big screen. Uh, it's, uh, it's a character I've really liked, especially with the Grant Gustin show, uh, which I never finished or got too far into, but still really liked it. And I liked the character a lot, but, um, I'm still looking forward to the movie Ezra Miller or no Ezra Miller. I'm still going to watch it. Will it get a sequel? I don't know. Because Discovery, if you didn't hear, Discovery bought Warner Media, and they're planning to completely reboot the DCEU, and that has me worried for a few reasons. Um, I really love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I also really love the Peacemaker show, as well as you know, I, I don't know if they're gonna get rid of like the solo movies, like the Batman. Um, there's a lot of promise for the solo aspects of the DCEU with, you know, the Suicide Squad, while it didn't do the greatest at the box office, it was still a fan favorite and it was really good. And Peacemaker was a fan favorite too. That show was really amazing. So I really hope with this merger that they don't get rid of the things that were working for them. And with like the Joker too, of course they're going to make a sequel to the Joker. They, 
how could they not? And then with the Batman, I feel like how could they not make another movie with that? But in terms of like the TV shows and stuff like that, not 100% sure if that's going to stick around. And mainly when it comes to like the Justice League, I think that's the main thing they're trying to recast and, and reboot essentially. I don't know if they're going to do that with the Suicide Squad. James Gunn, I think, was teasing that he's going to do another film and more Peacemaker and maybe more spinoffs too. So um, hopefully they keep that stuff. But back to Ezra Miller, I really don't know what what's going to happen with this Flash movie. If they'd reshoot a lot of things, it's going to make the movie feel discombobulated and just messy. And I don't want them to do that because we're going to have our first you know, big screen version of Supergirl, as well as Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. So a lot of really cool things are supposed to happen in this movie. And the fact that their main star is just being a complete piece of shit. And to, to be fair, I think Ezra Miller needs help, like professional help. But, um, God damn it, you're just ruining things for the fans. But um, still going to watch the movie. Maybe people will boycott it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're going to do reshoots. Maybe they won't. I don't know. We'll really have to wait and see. Maybe by the end of the movie, after credit scene or something like that, Flash will like do something where it's like, oh, wow, I have a different body now. But like I said, Ansel Elgort would make a pretty good Flash. I've been wanting him as a Flash for years. But somebody I really would love to see as the reverse Flash is Patrick Wilson, who actually plays Orm slash Ocean Master in the Aquaman movie. I don't know if he's going to be in the sequel yet. And... Since uh, The Flash and Aquaman are kind of connected, I don't think they're going to be able to cast him as that character. But with multiversal stuff, you never know. And uh, with this Warner Brothers and uh, Discovery uh, merger, maybe that's something that could happen. But probably not, to be honest. My dreams rarely ever come true when it comes to these castings and movies and stuff like that. There's a lot of things I want from Hollywood and studios and all that kind of stuff that are probably never going to happen. But... I like to do like recasting videos, recasting the DC universe. I've done that before. Recasting the MCU, I've done that. And uh, Patrick Wilson has been somebody I've won for Reverse Flash for fucking years, dude. Long before I started this podcast even. So um, yeah, he would be amazing as Eobard Thawne. That'd be so cool. But um, yeah, what do you think about this Ezra Miller situation? Do you think they're going to do reshoots for the movie? Do you think they're going to recast them by the end of the movie? Do you think it's even going to get a sequel now that there's this Warner Media and Discovery merger? Uh, let me know down in the comments below. I'm going to say it's not too likely we're going to get a sequel, but you never know. If this movie is successful and they change out the actor, then maybe it can go somewhere. But I don't have much faith for it, to be honest. Um, but yeah. We shall see. And then also comment down below what you think of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp situation. Have you heard more about it than I have? And um, yeah, try not to be a douchebag in the uh, the comments. Don't fight with anybody. It's not worth it. But that's pretty much all I have for news today. So sorry to kind of end it with controversial stuff and not as fun stuff. But I had a lot to say about these two things, mainly the Ezra Miller thing more than the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. But yeah, like I said, let me know what you think of really any of my movie topics today, our movie news topics slash pop culture news. And uh, let's get to my Moon Knight Episode 4 review. All right, Moon Knight Episode 4 titled The Tomb. Gotta be honest, this is my least favorite episode so far. And uh, so far, I've really enjoyed the series. But now that there's only two episodes left, I'm really wondering after the ending of this episode how they're going to wrap it up. 
and make it, you know, nice and tight. Pack it up really nice with the bow. A lot of these Marvel uh, Disney Plus shows, a lot of the time when it gets to like the second to last episode or something like that, I'm usually like, how are they going to wrap this up? How are they going to make this, you know, wrap up in a way where it feels satisfying to the audience? And most of the time, like 99.9% .9 of the time, they do it pretty well. I think they did it really well with Loki. Although a lot of people were a little underwhelmed by that last episode of Loki. I thought it was amazing. But yeah, with this episode, it's mainly more about the character development, mainly with the character of Layla, which I really love. Mae Kalamoy, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Layla in this series. She's an original character, not from the comics, so they can do whatever they want with the character which I think is really interesting and really cool there. Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant I think is really good in the show. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Oscar Isaac is an amazing actor and fits really well into the MCU. But yeah, this episode just kind of felt a little slow. Like I said, it's more about character development, mainly with the character of Layla and her backstory. And uh, in a way, it kind of just feels like a filler episode at felt like the writers were just like, all right, where can we insert this character development? Let's just do it in like a majority of this episode. And then by the end of it, just make everybody think what the fuck and want to watch the next episode. But unfortunately I have to wait a week. Um, cause the way they wrapped this up, it was, it was an insane ending. And honestly, I haven't seen anything like it since maybe Thor Ragnarok's and uh, it's really weird, a really weird vibe for this show, but I'm interested, I'm intrigued, as Morbius said to, uh, spoiler alert, Michael Keaton in Morbius, that movie was such a piece of shit, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say in terms of non-spoilers, I don't really give a ranking out of, like, you know, however many out of ten for only an episode of a series, I do that for the season overall. So, uh, yeah, for now, like I said, this is my least favorite episode so far, but hopefully they turn around for these last two episodes. But yeah, if you don't want to hear any spoilers for episode four of Moon Knight, or really any spoilers for the season so far, I suggest you skip ahead. Well, let's see. Let's go with, oh, shoot, six minutes starting now. So, for those of you who are sticking around... What's up? Yeah, I have mainly only things to say about the end of the episode. Um, you know, basically what happens, and for those of you who have actually watched it, some of you might just be listening to this because you don't care about spoilers because you're not watching it. But essentially, uh, Mark gets shot by Arthur Harrow, and it's like, oh shit, Mark's dead, but not really, obviously, because, like, obviously not. But he wakes up in a mental hospital, very white mental hospital, just white everything. And um, on the TV, there's basically this Indiana Jones kind of knockoff kind of movie. Forget exactly what it was called, but um, yeah, the doctor in there was Dr. Stephen Grant, which I actually didn't realize, but um, Steve Rogers, his middle name is Grant, so it's Stephen Rogers or Stephen Grant Rogers, so it's like, did he take it from that, or did he take it from this movie, or is this movie fictional, just 
made up in this illusion that's going on, which I still do not understand, to be honest. Um, you know, you have these little, uh, little tombs where mummies usually lay in, but Mark was running around the mental hospital and end up finding Steven and they're in two separate bodies, but like the same, like twins almost. But, um, then they go by a room where there's another person trying to get out of a tomb and, uh, they don't stop for them. And I'm wondering if this is the same personality we got, uh, that was hinted at in the last episode. And uh, I think that might be Jake Lockley from the comics, but we shall see. Um, are they going to introduce that personality in this season? Or are they going to save it for the next one and build a little intrigue? I don't know. We shall see at this point. Uh, it's really, really uh, up in the air. There's no way of knowing unless something gets leaked. But the big thing I want to talk about here. The big what-the-fuck moment. It comes at the very last second of the episode where Mark and Steven are running through the hospital trying to escape. And then they see this, like, Egyptian, like, outfit-wearing hippopotamus that has just, like, a soft female's voice. And they just both scream. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? I mean, I'm guessing that, like, some Egyptian god has, like, the form of a hippopotamus or some shit. I don't fucking know. I don't, I'm not up to date on my Egyptian mythology or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, overall this episode really felt like Indiana Jones movie meets like a, I don't even know what else, just like a horror movie, I guess. There's definitely a lot of horror movie elements in this episode, but, uh, the end of it's kind of reminded me of One Flew Over the Cuckoo, uh, Cuckoo's, and, I can't fucking say it, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson, kind of reminds me of that a little bit, the, you know, like, psych ward kind of, kind of hospital that he's in, <clears throat> but Arthur Harrow is, like, running it, I don't really know what's going on, it's just, like, in his mind, I guess, and it's maybe Arthur Harrow's way of trying to get through to him and help him out, which, I gotta be honest, I still don't understand the character of Arthur Harrow, I don't understand what his motives are. I know he wants to bring back Ahmed or whatever. But, like, what is his end goal? <laughs> I don't really know. And this is kind of one of the issues I was having with the Flag Smashers and uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's just like, our uh, our cause is strong or whatever. It's like, what is your cause? What are you trying to do? Like, I, I understand you're trying to get your voice heard, but what are you trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. Um, what do you guys think? Comment down below. What did you think of this episode? And uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I'm I'm more on the side of... I don't hate it, but... It just wasn't as good as the previous three episodes we've had before. I don't know. I, I feel like people might agree with this one. And I'm waiting... Because as of recording this, I'm recording this on Wednesday at 4.42 a.m., stayed up very late to watch this episode and then review it after so uh i'm waiting to see people's reactions like the real rejects and blind wave and all that and get like a new rock stars breakdown to understand what the fuck just happened but keep your eyes open for that stuff uh like the new rock stars breakdown they're always good when it comes to that stuff and then reactions i think are always always fun to watch 
for me at least. It's not for everybody, but I've always loved reaction videos, especially when it comes to movies and TV shows. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, yeah, check out Real Rejects and New Rockstars. But, yeah, uh, like I said, what do you think of this episode? Try not to spoil anything huge in the comments, just for the people that don't want anything spoiled. But, what the fuck is up with that hippo lady? And also, I want to know who voices that hippo, because a lot of times Marvel will cast, like, really huge celebrities for these really small cameos and really weird things, like uh, like Matt Damon as Loki in Thor Ragnarok. But, yeah, really, really weird episode. Start off just really weak, but also uh, welcome back to the people that skipped ahead. Um yeah, really weak episode for me, but by the end of it, I was just like, what the fuck? And it got me wanting to watch the next episode, so I guess it did its job for the most part, but a little bit of character development from Layla, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Moon Knight Episode 4, titled The Tomb. Like I said before, comment down below, tell me what you thought of this episode. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in between? I'm in between for the most part, but leaning towards more, not hating it, but disliking it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, throat's not feeling too good right now, but yeah, that's all I gotta say, and uh, let's get on to the next topic. All right, The Bad Guys 2022 is a DreamWorks animated movie based on the book of the same name. By the way, if you hear anything in the background, I'm, uh... In between showtimes right now, I just watched The Bad Guys, and then around 5, I'm going to watch, um, uh, what's it called again? The Northman. So I have a little time to kill, and I wanted to review it after I watched it. So, yeah, if you hear anything in the background, it's just cars driving around. There's a little bit of rain, too, so deal with it. But, um, yeah, The Bad Guys, like I said, is a 2022 DreamWorks animated film. And uh, it has a pretty good cast here. We have Sam Rockwell as the Big Bad Wolf, or just Wolf in this case. We have Mark Marin as Snake. Aquafina as Tarantula. Craig Robinson as Shark. Uh, who else do we have here? Anthony Ramos as Panera. Or Panera? <laughs> Piranha. Uh, we have Richard Aode. Probably saying that wrong. As Professor Marmalade. And then Zazie Beats as Diane Foxington. Um, so yeah, pretty good voice cast there. A few people I recognize. Anthony Ramos as Piranha. He was in Hamilton. I forget exactly which character he played. Uh, feel free to comment down below if you know which one. And also, most recently, he was in In the Heights from 2021. My favorite movie from last year, actually. I've watched that movie so many times. But yeah, it was cool to have him as Piranha in here. Granted, his character was kind of played off a lot of the time just for fart jokes. And um, sometimes fart and poop jokes are funny, but in this case, like, that was just his thing, really. And also, he was just kind of the wild card. Um, and with this movie, you have these bad guys who do heists and stuff like that. And it takes elements from certain movies. Like, the opening scene of this reminds me of the opening scene of Pulp Fiction, where you have uh, Bunny and then uh, Tim... I think it's Tim Roth. Uh, I don't remember his character's name there. Um, but you have Honey Bunny and then Tim Roth's character sitting in the booth. 
And uh, yeah, the opening kind of reminded me of that. But also the movie reminded me a bit of like Ocean's 11 and 12 and 10, however many there are, <laughs> um, whatever they're called. I haven't watched all of them, but it definitely reminded me of those kinds of heist movies. It's nothing you haven't seen before, but it's a twist on it being that the bad guys slash the people doing the heist in the film are animated talking animals. Uh, the world is kind of weird here. You have apparently a meteorite that crashed into this city. You also have animals and humans living amongst each other. Some animals talk and some don't. So it's it's kind of weird. It is for kids, so you're not meant to like overthink anything. But like I said, it is based on a book. And uh, let me see who that's by here. Um, based on the books by Aaron Blab Blabby. Hopefully I'm saying that right. So there's more than one bad guy's book. Okay. Um, I wonder how accurate this movie was to really any of those. But the screenplay here is by Eaton Cohen. And the additional screenplay material is by Yoni Brenner and Hilary Winston. Uh, and then who's the director here? Pierre Pierre Perifel? Per probably saying that wrong um not familiar with that director but um overall i did have some fun with this movie it's it really didn't blow me away i forget if ron's gone wrong came out this year i think that was last year but um that movie was a real surprise and um i think that was from blue sky animation which oftentimes people don't really think of blue sky animation as having like really good animated movies but that one was pretty pretty good um but this one here kind of generic to me i didn't have that many laughs with the movie uh by the way i did see this in 3d wouldn't say it really added to the experience but it was kind of fun my theater usually doesn't you know have that available so something to something different to try and it wasn't like a huge release for me where i'm like no i want to be able to see this movie for all its beauty without the 3d glasses um so maybe some of the animation in the film kind of got you know, a little muddled by the crappy 3D. Because let's be honest, 3D most of the time isn't really good. Um, and most theaters don't do it anymore for a good reason. Because 3D just is kind of a... Kind of a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dwindling, I guess. Novelty. Kind of like how video stores were. Um, people don't really go to 3D movies anymore unless it's like at a theme park or like a 4D ride. But... um I mean, I've been on some cool 4D rides and stuff like that at Disney, and then, like, there's a Simpsons one I went to in Myrtle Beach, but some 3D is good, but most of the 3D that just, like, goes to a regular theater doesn't end up being that great. But overall, I mean, I enjoyed the voice characters in here. I think the thing I enjoyed most was the animation style. It was very different from a lot of the other animation that I've seen before, and somewhat comic booky too, so I was kind of into that. Um... For the most part, like I said, this movie really didn't blow me away. I think I'm going to end up giving it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, probably not anything I'm going to rewatch, but I do appreciate what they did with the animation and the voice cast. I thought was pretty good as well. You know, it's a pretty short movie. Um, let me see. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Jeez, does everybody have to fucking drive by me right now while I'm recording? Apparent fucking Lee. Um, but yeah, an hour and 40 minutes. Really short movie. And, um, it doesn't really give each character their moment to shine. But, uh, I did take some notes here, um, on what the different characters, like, what their roles were. Um, Webbs is the tech, tech expert, played by Aquafina. 
Uh, we have Snake, who's kind of the safe guy. Uh, slash, you know, he just does snake stuff, I guess. Um, we have Shark, who is the disguised guy, played by Craig Robinson. By the way, Snake is played by Mark Maron. Uh, Mr. Piranha is the wild card, played by Anthony Ramos. Uh, then you have Governor Foxington, played by Zazzy Beats. And uh, Professor Marmalade, played by... Uh, played by... Uh, Richard Ayoti. Again, probably saying that wrong, but there was a twist in this movie that seemed really obvious to me. I knew it was going to happen, like, when a certain character was introduced. So, it's a pretty predictable movie. There's really not much for adults here, I'll be honest, other than some, like, movie references to things kids definitely haven't seen, like Pulp Fiction and probably the Oceans movies. Um, so there's a little bit of adult humor in there, but honestly, this is way more for kids than, than anything else. Definitely not a movie made for me. Um, most of the time I do like animation, but with this one, I just wasn't, uh, wasn't too enthused. I didn't, I didn't have that many laughs and some of the jokes were just kind of obvious. Um, like the fart jokes and stupid shit like that. But I had fun with it for the most part. It was... It was better than watching, like, I don't know, Morbius or some shit. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, have you guys seen The Bad Guys 2022, the new DreamWorks animation movie? Let me know what you thought down in the comments below. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in between? I'm definitely in between loving it and hating it. Maybe not hating it, but, like, I don't know, 6.5 out of 10. Not quite the middle, but I, I had to give it some extra points for the animation style. I really dug it. Not as crazy as, like, Into the Spider-Verse, but doing something a little different, and I appreciate it. But yeah, have you not seen the movie yet? Are you planning on watching it? Let me know down in the comments below, but that is all I have to say about the bad guys. So, last but not least, let's talk about The Northman. Alright, and if you hear anything weird in the background for this review, it's because I'm also in my car again after watching the movie. Uh, it is pouring rain outside, but I found a nice little little awning area outside of an abandoned store so hopefully it doesn't sound too bad there are cars kind of passing by here and there so uh yeah just deal with it i'm not in my regular element with my mics and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah the northman 2022 rated r movie definitely a hard r there and uh it's a really weird film did i like it i said in the intro i believe i said this in the intro I don't like these kinds of movies. And with this one, I was more entertained than I was with uh, The Green Knight, but not by a whole lot. Um, I don't know what it is about these types of, like, almost Shakespearean Viking knight kind of movies. Like, medieval kind of movies. I don't like a good majority of medieval kind of movies. Uh, that's just me personally. Like, Lord of the Rings I can handle, but I've probably only watched Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit all the way through once. Um because those movies are long as fuck, but this movie's pretty long, too. Uh, how long is it, to be exact? It's two hours and 16 minutes, so not as long as the Batman or anything like that, but still a pretty long movie, and I'm sick of movies being over two hours long all the time. Um, and I won't lie, I'm pretty tired today, too. So my attention span with it, while it wasn't the greatest, it was still not too bad compared to how it was with The Green Knight. I was almost falling asleep in the theater, and I wasn't even tired that time. Uh, there was literally somebody snoring in the theater when I saw Green Knight. But for this one, people seemed to be pretty engaged. People seemed to like it. There were people laughing at certain parts. 
Which is weird, because this movie does have small bits of humor, but they don't necessarily work for me. Uh, just because the rest of the movie is so fucking dark and serious that it just seems like it's out of place. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what this is about, uh, here is the synopsis from visionary director Robert Edgers. Or not Edgers. Edgers comes the Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's, father's murder. Um, I mean, kind of an interesting plot there while I was watching the movie and also from a few reviews I've heard it follows some elements of the Lion King um where you have like the uncle taking over and uh I mean when I found out it was going to be that kind of movie I was like all right maybe this will be a little more tolerable for me for the most part it kind of was I mean the action was pretty good but um it's nothing I'm going to watch again now, for other people who like these kinds of movies, I think this is really going to be your cup of tea. I think you're really going to fucking dig this one. But for me, not liking these kinds of movies, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But not enough to put on my top ten best or worst of of this year by the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, not a really long review in terms of uh, The Northman, to be honest. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Other than, like, I just don't like these kinds of movies, but this one wasn't all that bad to me. Um, God damn it, there's more cars coming. And they're following each other. It's like, why do you guys gotta be so loud? Why you gotta ruin my recording? And they're probably looking at me weird, too, because I'm underneath this awning of a abandoned store. But hey, we're doing it live! Um, yeah, hi, fuck you, thank you. Yep, don't look at me. I feel a little weird doing this, but oh well. <laughs> I, I mean, I see like John Flick and Jer Flick pick do this shit all the time, record reviews in this car, so I'm like, why not me too? Um, but yeah, I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to say. I I guess I didn't really get into the the um, the characters here, the cast. Uh, we have Alexander Skarsgård as Emleth. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Nicole Kidman as Queen Goodrin. Uh Klaus Bang as, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to pronounce many of these names, or really any of them, Full, Fudgner, Full, I don't even fucking know, man, The Brotherless, there you go, I'll just call him that, um, we have Ethan Hawke as King Arvandal, War Raven, probably said that one right, maybe, uh, when I saw Ethan Hawke in here, I was half expecting him to, like, when he's walking just to hear the glass sound like he does in Moon Knight. Um, but the director here is Robert Eggers, as well as uh, being written by him, as well as Sejan. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, it's always weird when somebody has just, like, one name, you know? You know what I mean? Just, like, obviously everybody has one name, but, like, when I'm, what I mean is, like, just one specific name, like, just your first name. I don't know if that's, like, a choice or if it's just, like, a family thing. I don't fucking know. But, um, Robert Eggers, I feel like I I know some of the work he's done, but I can't quite put a pin in it. Um, by the time I get home, I'll probably look it up and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I've seen that or I've at least heard of that. But, um, comment down below some Robert Egger movie or Eggers movies for me to check out. Uh, if they're all medieval ones, then maybe I won't check them out, but... 
he has like a wide array of different things that he's done. Then maybe I'll check out some of his other work and maybe I have seen some of his other work. Um, but also in the cast here, um, we have Anya Taylor joy as Olga, the birch forest, Gustav Lind Lind as uh Thor, the proud Elliot Rose as gunner, Willem Dafoe as, uh, Heimer, the fool, uh, Phil Martin as Halgrimer, half troll, Elder Scar as Finner the Nose Stub, uh, Olwen Fourier as Eschilder Hoff. I'm not even gonna attempt that. Um, that's pretty much the main cast for you there, I'd say. Um, yeah, and there are some Game of Thrones actors in, in this uh, movie, from what I, from what I've heard and seen. Uh, which is not surprising because, like, this is the perfect kind of thing. A lot of those Game of Thrones actors already look like Vikings as it is, so it's kind of perfect to have. Uh, I think there's at least two people in there. One of them was the dude, and spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, the one that killed Pedro Pascal. And then the other one was, like, that big dude with, like, the red hair that befriended Jon Snow and was, like, a total asshole before uh, that oh what what group was he a part of you know what i'm talking about or maybe you don't it's not it's not sam um or sam is that his name sam tarley yeah but um i mean overall i really like i said don't have a whole lot to say about the movie because i just don't really care for these kinds of movies i mean i paid attention to it but uh it's it's a pretty straightforward story like i said it's kind of like the story of lion king but just a lot more fucked up and a lot more gruesome, and without, like, the cousin fucking shit, um, and you're probably, some of you might be thinking, like, Lion King, cousin fucking, what? Yeah, Nala, it was his cousin, and they hooked up, but, uh, yeah, none of that in here, uh, but close, pretty close, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's really all I have to say, I like the Icelandic aspects of it, a lot of the visuals are really cool, and a lot of the fighting was really cool. And I think all the people that were casted in here were casted very well. But like I said, it's just not my kind of movie. So to be fair with the movie, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. It was really hard. For, and you know what? 6 out of 10. Not my kind of movie, but I appreciate the certain things that they did in it. And uh, I, I think people that like these kinds of movies will really enjoy this one. But I did hear that it's getting mixed reviews. It's a really weird movie. There's a lot of weird things that happen in it that just don't quite make sense. And some things that are just like, really, you're doing that? Um, if you've watched the movie, you might be know, uh, you might know some of what I'm talking about. But some really weird shit happens in this movie, uh, specifically with Ethan Hawke and his son um, early on in the film. Uh, and if you've watched it, you definitely know what I'm talking about now. But I mean. <sighs> It's not for everybody, it's not for me, but it's for some people out there, so if you're looking forward to it, don't let my review stop you from going to see it. Plus, a 6 out of 10 isn't that bad. Um, yeah, And that's really me just being fair to it, because, like I said a million times, this isn't my kind of movie. But that's all I have for the review of The Northman. And that's all I have for the episode today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to my website, Made Through Wix, where you can find where to watch this on YouTube, where to listen on all major podcast platforms. 
And there's also a link to my Tee Public uh, store where I have three designs available. I have a regular Pop Culture Podcast logo tee. I have a kind of trippy, retro-looking design uh, of the Pop Culture Podcast logo. And then recently added, I did a kind of uh, Doctor Strange-inspired shirt uh, design. Or not a shirt, but a design. Uh, I forget that the, the designs can be put on all different kinds of the, uh, different kinds of merch items. But yeah, inspired by Doctor Strange because you have Multiverse of Madness coming up soon. It says Pop Culture Podcast uh, established 2020 has the cape, has the Agamotto, but the, the head is supposed to kind of resemble me in a way, you know, it's just a blank face, but with blonde hair, cause that's, I'm a blonde, but, um, yeah, I would really appreciate it if you guys went and picked up any merch item there with any design. There's a lot of different merch items that T public, uh, provides, you know, there's like mugs, there's tapestries, there's notebooks, phone cases, laptop cases, stickers, magnets, um, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, sh- regular shirts. I think there's like baseball tees and there's even freaking baby clothes on there. If you wanted to dress your baby up in some pop culture podcast swag, did I really just say swag? Uh, I will never say that again, but, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Um, I should be back on Tuesday to review X, uh, the Punisher season one, and then American Sniper, um, as well as covering some movie news like I usually do. And then on Friday, I should be covering the new Liam Neeson movie Memory, as well as Moon Knight episode five. And uh, there was one other thing, but I can't remember what it is at the moment. But yeah, anywho, I will be back on Tuesday with some more reviews and movie news. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that shit. And I will see you guys in the next one.